somehow. We on. We live. Are we? Autonomous sensory meridian response. No one was gonna understand that. No one was gonna get that. Sorry. Like, no one was gonna get that. I thought, and I and I said with like auditory, with with confidence as well. God. Okay. We are on. Ah. How are you, Monet? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Happy New Year's Happy all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2022. And the room that we're in is 222 as well. This is the science man. This is the sign that's telling me I'm going to get some money this year. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I'm going to get some dick this year. Oh, I was always getting that. I mean, come on. I was always getting that. <laughs> over here eating my crisps. <laughs> Cindy and I were trying to figure out what ASMR stands for. It was not auditory sensory response, which I thought it was. It's autonomous sensory meridian response, so ASMR oh trigger warning. Oh my days. So, Mary, what's new? What's new with you, man? Oh my gosh, she's doing it. Yeah, she's doing it. Mm. Should I start a YouTube channel? No, because I know that I'm going to play this back and I'm going to be really annoyed when I hear that. Guys, so me and Cindy voice note from morning to night pretty much every day. Yep. And um, a lot of the times she says she feels like she's in my mouth because I just eat in my voice notes to her. Oh my days. Like, that's what, that's what close friends should do. Like, she'll be crunchy. She'll be like, so Cindy, basically I feel like... <laughs> Brooklyn I, I don't know. And it's like... It's because, like, do you know, the other I day some? I made some Saturday soup with like the, the, most, like, the flakiest nicest fried dumplings i've had like ever oh, and i just so i nice. couldn't stop the voice note to, to to like eat i just had to i wanted you to be part of that experience thank you you gotta stop man <laughs> you've gotta stop Ugh. but anyways what's new with you how are you i'm good you know it's 2022 mm-hmm. it's a new year mm-hmm. it's my first week back at work as well yay um because I was ill last week. I'm always ill. Something's wrong with me. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. I just believe that, you know, we spent a long time not being sick. Mm. And I think that's what it, it might have been. Like, now your immune system's just catching up with you. And it's just yeah, like, you I've know, been ill a lot lately. lately. Um, mm-hmm. I think I had a stomach bug and I was vomiting a lot, which was not nice. So mm. I kind of had like an extra week off, but I was just in bed complaining to you on the phone, as per always. <laughs> watching a lot of Netflix. I'm watching Stay Close at the moment. Which is about? That. What's about? It's about, without giving too much away, it's like a kind of mystery series. So this is a guy called um, Harlan Coben. Mm-hmm. I hope I said his name right. He's a good author. And he's got quite a few of his shows that are on Netflix. One of them is called St- Safe. He did The Stranger. There's okay. another one called The Innocent. And then there's one called Stay Close. It's just dropped. Um, um, yeah, it, it, it was kind of giving me behind her eyes vibes, but I haven't finished okay. it yet. So I don't know how it's going to end. But so far, so good. So um Hey ho, it's, it's still hibernation season, so loving a bit of Netflix at the moment. How are you? I love that. I'm fine. I'm good. Um, just really trying to balance out, you know, obviously my business. Mm-hmm. And um, going back to looking after myself again, mm-hmm. I've gone back to falling in love with the gym. Because, guys, I used to be a, like a proper gym head before the pandemic. Like, I practically yes. lived in the gym. So I'm just trying to go back to that kind of Cindy. And, yeah. I love that. I love Thank that for you. you. And, you know, gym is so good for the mind, body, and soul. 
Yeah. Um, I've yeah. been in the, the stance this week where I'm just like, I'm going to go to the gym today and it's still very much like, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. So yeah. ratings to you. You're Thank motivating you. me. Um, I'm very proud of you. Thank you, babe. And hopefully I won't be too far behind, but this is definitely the year of putting yourself first. This mm-hmm. is a me year. Mm-hmm. Um, putting your well-being first, your mm-hmm. money first, your feelings first. And that's not to be, you know, horrible or neglect anybody else around you, but um, feel good. It's about feeling good. It's about doing things for yourself, whether that's, you know, starting up a new hobby, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. self-care, getting spiritual if that's your jam, getting fit um, and just feeling, feeling good. That's what it's all about. Life is too short. We've had last two years. God, it's nearly two years that you've been in this pandemic. Um, it's just been it's just been a heavy time, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people have kind of lost their way in terms of finding their joy. Um, yeah. and I think it's just time for everybody to find that. Do you know what I mean? Hopefully, we can travel more, do more things. You know, the the world hopefully is a bit more open now, um, and just start enjoying because I started this pandemic and I was early to mid twenties, and now I'm just I'm pushing on the other side. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the other side yeah. of it now, man. And I just I really just wanted to enjoy. Um, before I turn 30 and I've, I've still yeah. got a while till I get there but it's, it's I'm, I'm watching the time go past and it's now time to be enjoying so yeah hopefully this year is a great one for us it will be it will be you gotta put that in the air and um, I also believe that you know I, I've had so many conversations with so many friends and I've had conversations with myself where it's like I'm not the person that I was before the pandemic and mm-hmm. blah blah I think what people should do is just accept that you're not that person no more take influence from who you were just to be the better person that you can be like for now like a lot of us have changed over this pandemic a lot of people have become you know it's made a lot of people low but um definitely you just gotta see who like you were before and just use it as a motivation to be like okay that's not who i am now i'm trying to be her but times 10 or i'm trying to be him but times 10 that's exactly it i'm really excited for this year and everything that it's gonna bring for us and for everybody around let's hope it's a more positive and um healthier year for everybody I agree. But speaking of positive, um, so Prince Andrew has been stripped of uh, his world ties. Uh, So now he's just a regular man. I can punch him up and, you know, I'll probably get arrested. Regular, regular. So he's going to be tried um, in the civil court as a private citizen, isn't he? Yep. I love that. So do I. That's that's music to my ears because, um, yeah. I I don't, I don't, I, I don't even think a guilty plea could just settle what, like, vulgar things he mm-hmm. did to, to his victim. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people think, oh, it's justice when something that they someone's reached a settlement or when someone's reached a guilty verdict. But you got to understand that when you are a victim of sexual assault, that's something that you carry on your back for the rest of your life. I just find it funny how it's taken him to actually lose his... Um lose his case mm-hmm. and actually going ahead with this case now for him to have lost his military titles um yeah yeah it, it I, I personally feel like he should have lost them a long time ago so from I. the time the allegation even came out i mean i know like prince harry um stepped down and whatnot and you know went to live elsewhere with his family but it took them you know it was a very quick process for them to just strip that man of of his duties and everything but prince prince andrew now mm. You that's doing nastiness in pictures of young girls, like, and this allegation has been going on for how long? Multiple allegations. You're yeah. in rooms with these type of people. Yeah. Honey, it's it's. I mean, I'm glad it's happened, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's just a long time coming. But um, 
yeah, let's just hope justice is served because that man yeah. is a sweaty Betty. Ew. Uh, yeah, no pun intended. Um, again, I just hope that the like that girl gets her justice. Amen. You know, because um, no one should have to deal with that, royalty or not. And it just goes to show that you know, in the royal family, you know, you could be whatever the hell you want to be. Mm-hmm. You just can't be, you know, a quarter black. Okay. Like, but okay. you know, that's that's a story for another day. Um, I just but, hope. <clears throat> go yeah. ahead. No, 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 that's fine, I'm good. I just hope going forward, um, you know, this, him hopefully getting convicted of this anyways will just, you know, set a precedent that as high and mighty as you think you are, or as all the power and mm-hmm. the money that you think you have, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to get away with it anymore, basically. I mean... Has it happened to a royal before? I don't think so. I don't think it has. I mean, there's always been the running rumours, but there's never really been proof. And sometimes with conspiracy theorists, like, they sometimes go really off topic to the point where they sound a bit crazy at times. Mm. I know they don't mean to, but it's just kind of like, okay, where did, has this theory sprung from? Yeah. Where did you hear that? Why you connected this with that? Like, do you know what I mean? But, you know, it shouldn't take this to set precedent. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say that. But a lot of people in power... They think they're untouchable. They think, well, who's who's gonna do that? Yes, and women are not believed, anyways, because the moment that an accusation comes out, it's always, well, this man has been lied on, and this, that, the third has happened, and so on and so forth. But you gotta tell me how many like rape convictions have actually stuck, and the people have actually gone to jail. Tell me, Manet. Tell well, me. Well, that's exactly it. I right. think while we've, and correct me if I'm wrong, while we've been off though, have we been able to address the the beautiful, beautiful verdict that is Ghislaine Maxwell being found guilty? Woo! Do you think she's gonna sing? Do you think she's gonna sing? Oh, I hope she does. I hope she sings like she's a flipping shirt, canary. Man. She's not, man. She's I mean, you, you, like, what, what can what can you do now? You can appeal and everything. I don't think appeal's gonna do anything for her. Um, I hope she goes on for a very long time. But you know, with these type of things, I'm just scared that the same thing's gonna happen to that happened to her nasty ex boyfriend, and she's gonna turn up dead or something. And I hope. Um, that God forbid that happens, because I'll never wish death on anybody. But mm-hmm. if that does happen, I hope that you know she's able to say what she needs to say ahead of that time. But I doubt she will. But I don't wish death on on anybody as as evil and as and as nasty as I think that they are. Well, I mean, I we're think, not God in it, so no. you can't. But I think justice hopefully will be served. She'll get a lengthy sentence, and um, she'll get all that's coming to her. Um, yeah, but it's it's beautiful. I didn't know. I didn't. Did I think she was going to get found guilty? I mean... They needed a scapegoat. They needed so somebody. I, I definitely do believe that, you know, she, like... And especially because it drew so much attention to the public. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was definitely going to be found guilty. But, um... I think we're just getting our hopes up high. Mm. The world is not a nice place. People are not nice people. No. So, with that being said, I don't think that she's really going to, like... She's going to sing to basically... So, all of the victims can be vindicated. She's not going to do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But, um, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's just not going to happen. I hope she rots in hell because I told you, like, you know, like, you hear stories about, you know, these men, like, these monsters that do whatever they do. But then when you hear that a woman was behind it or a woman was by, like, their side or blah, 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 it's just really disgusting. It's really foul to hear that because 
women are maternal. You're supposed to be maternal. You're supposed to be protective. Yeah, it's definitely somebody I think that you that she you would have thought that she put her trust in as uh, trust into as 100. well. One hundred, like people put her trust into her. Oh, you know, it's a woman. She wouldn't do anything. To do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, there, like there were so many stories that I would hear that she was the one that would approach these like damaged girls, like these poor girls, and say, you know, do you want to make money and blah blah. It's like third, and you see this like high fashion like wealthy woman that's telling you, look. But I, I'm trying to get you out of this trailer park or whatever. Mm. Like you're gonna trust her, yeah. and you abuse their trust. And I'm I'm pretty sure that those women, when they were in those situations, they're probably looking to her and thinking, like she'll see sense, she'll see that this is wrong, and they don't. And that's disgusting. So I hope her and her pixie cut rot in hell. <laughs> and let that be that. There you go. Yeah, good start to the year. <laughs> get all that... the fucking convictions. Everybody's got to get us yeah, coming. Right. Everybody gotta go to jail. Go under the jail. Like who? Like Omar Avery's um, perpetrators. Oh my God. Another yeah. beautiful, beautiful verdict. I almost yes. cried. I almost cried. Yes. And that's what I call absolute justice. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Because I think we've seen so many of these cases where, you know, yeah, okay, they might be found guilty or, I mean, the, the, I f- sometimes I feel like the, the punishment doesn't really add up to the actual crime. But mm-hmm. I think finally, this is the first case i would like to say which is just like yeah fucking two of them got life life without parole and then one of them's got possibility of um of of parole but um you know what thank god for that person that caught that on on video and it was just so explicit because i i think as per usual if it wasn't and Mm -hmm. there was a speculation they didn't want to jail them remember of course because that lawyer woman they exactly well you're done and it's so i need to say listen like and it's sad that it had to be on on camera for it to have got this far and to get the the justice that the um the family deserve mm-hmm. but in in a way i'm so happy it was and um you know they killed that man in, in cold blood and i hope yeah. that they pay for it for the rest of their life and they yeah. will do they'll be rotting in jail so yeah. amen and shout out to that judge and jury honestly um i think it really saddens me that it's 2022 and um we're not from my parents' generation or our grandparents' generation mm-hmm. where they would have to wait for a verdict and the people were acquitted and they'd walk free. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that we have to live through that and we're scared. Like, are they going to walk free or yeah. are they going to get their justice? It's sad that we still have to have that mentality. But the reason as to why that is is because um, when a lot of these criminals would commit crimes back in the day, they were so close to the police. Mm. They were so neighboured with the police that, like the police would see a justification in the deaths of these people. Yeah. We're talking about slavery times. We are talking about Jim Crow era mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So when these people would commit crimes and they'd stand in the court, their lawyers would tell them a half hour story trying to justify them taking someone's life. The judge doesn't see that person or value that life. And they mm-hmm. go, well, you're walking free. Yeah. So it is sad that we like, we could get this like huge sigh of relief in 2022. Like we should matter like again our lives should matter mm-hmm. he was going for a jog in fucking georgia like and yep. and what Money makes business. it and what makes it sad as well is that we come from a generation where everything was censored yeah but i saw that video i saw it and that was a modern day lynching most definitely they chased that man down and killed him in cold blood they they literally, they grabbed... Oh, God, I don't even want to go into too much detail, but, like... It's a horrific how, video. Yes, it was... It was 
Like, we, we were in lockdown, like, everyone's emotions were high as it was, and I just couldn't stop crying. Like, I, that and George Floyd, like, I just, I, when I was, when I saw those videos, like, sometimes I do wish that the internet could be censored. Like, sometimes I, I like, they deserve maybe that kind of um, respect, because this is someone's, like, final dying moments. But again, we have to, we have, have to, to see, see this shit as proof. Yeah, because definitely. Because the, I think without it... Mm-hmm it would have just been the same old. The lawyer that ha- that was handling um, the father and son duo, mm-hmm. um, she was tampering with the evidence and they weren't ready to convict them. Yeah. I'm pre- this happened months before the actual like national lockdowns. Mm. So if it didn't go viral and people were talking about it, we would all be sitting here like, well, we need justice for Ahmad. We don't know what happened to him. God knows what they wanted to do to him. Mm-hmm. God knows what they wanted to do to him. Yeah. And I think they need to open the cases of that lawyer because... Oh, most know, definitely. How many... How, how many, many things have you brushed underneath the rug? Over your lies. You know, we, you know, we always talk about, you know, um, racist men back in the day. But let's talk about the women that were by their side. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Emmett Till's accuser, for example, if we want to go there. Oh, don't even get me started on that story. Apparently, they want to do another documentary about that. And I just think it's enough. You know so. what? I I do love a documentary and I think it's great for educational purposes. But then there's a point where it does get to, you know, a bit of trauma porn. Um, and I think, you know, I think they really need to stop doing that with Stephen Lawrence. Like, I think... I think that's guilt. Uh, bruv, leave that family alone now. Leave them alone. How many documentaries, how many shows are we going to hear about Stephen Lawrence? Like, yeah. this country failed them. The, me- yeah. the, 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 the Metropolitan Police failed him, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we know this. Um, how long did, we, did everybody even know um, the perpetrators and what they did, right? And, yeah. and even then, how hard it was to get a conviction leave those people alone they've been through enough they've grieved yeah. enough let yeah. them heal but i shouldn't be going on bbc and then seeing another yet another dramatization of his life and all the all the trauma that they've gone through yeah that family will never ever be the same they won't they and, and I, I definitely think that a lot of things are just like it's guilt it's definitely guilt because um what really saddens me about when i hear these stories about these young black men that die and like you know, the justice hasn't been served. Is that the accusers or the people behind them have gone on to they they were allowed to live their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephen Lawrence's um, perpetrators were allowed to, to 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 grow up and be even more racist, grow up and do whatever the fuck terrorize whoever they wanted to terrorize. Yeah, do whatever they want. And Stephen Lawrence, how old was he? Did he did he get that opportunity? Yeah. like no, they didn't. Even you know his I mean? friend to this day is still living with the horrors of that night. Because the first thing that they did when all of that happened was they accused him. Yep. So, like, to me, it's just, yeah, it's, it's incredibly um, disheartening. And even with the whole Emmett Till thing, like, it, it's saddening. But that woman went on to, you know, break up from the man that did all of that with her. She went on to go and marry someone else, have kids, you know, get married. I'm pretty sure she's still alive. I think she's still alive. I think she died. But I thought she, okay. I thought she and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought she admitted to lying on her deathbed. But I don't know. If, I don't know just if that was clouded. just. Um, I don't know if that's like urban legends. Yeah, I think that's that's very that's very clouded. Um, but um, either way, that's fucked up. And even that wasn't too long ago. When you really think yeah. about it, um, it, 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 I mean, it wasn't. It it wasn't. And to me, like in a world where there's 
where we're thriving with shows mm. like Insecure, and I'm not really a fan of Blackish, but shows like Blackish, we've had Empire, we've had Power, and stuff like that. In a world where we are thriving, can mm. we just move on from the civil rights? Can mm. we just move on from um, what happened during the Windrush and after the Windrush? Can we move on from slavery? Because that is not what just represents black folk. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much rich culture in Africa. There's so much rich culture in the Caribbean. There's so much talent out there. Like, fam, just create a rom-com. Like, Yeah, exactly. I I think, you know what? It is... I always feel like it's necessary to have those those type of... um, those shows or films mm-hmm. for educational purposes mm-hmm. and for us not to forget, you know, all these horrific things that have happened and that black people have overcome. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I think we should have the same kind of balance, if not yeah. more content, which is celebratory. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and, and that's, this is what I'm saying. Like there, there's more to us. Like we're so talented in dance and music and food in like, in so many other things. Like why aren't we like documenting that? Right. Like th- there needs to be more than just, trauma yeah i don't want i don't just want black people that when you see a black person all you tie them to is oh so that that unlawful murder that happened like what's your take on that like let's do we need more oh hey did you watch that show last week sunday that was fucking funny like like it just needs to like there's so much joy in blackness of course there's joy like there's so much hell there's so much money in being black you know that's why people steal our culture can we just move on can we move on please like that's what i want Tangent over. Yes, Cindy, Black Power, Black Panther. Yeah, let me get my afro out, honey. <laughs> mm, you don't know me. <laughs> okay. Where are we going from here? Uh, oh, to do my, uh, to do my story. Don't know oh, Cindy, uh, are you first today? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. This is hard. Nine one six zero oh, two. That's not how it goes, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. So, have you got a lovely story to tell me today? Yeah, no, I don't have a lovely story to tell you today. So, um, you guys know that I, I love being from East London. You know, here and there, I'm from East London. I do like um, where I grew up, which was Newham. But shut up! Shut the <laughs> fuck up! Shut up! Shut up! But it really saddens me that this murderer is um, kind of tied to East London and Newham. East London is different, anyways. You know what? Out of oh all of the, God. out of all, of, <laughs> out of all of the areas of of London, though, I love East London. I'm not even gonna Thank lie you. to you. <laughs> Thank like, you. Like I'll banter it because I always banter Cindy, right? But <laughs> like I, as a North Londoner or a Northwest Londoner, um. I love East London, man. Like, I really do. I definitely wow. prefer East London over South London. Like, by far. South London from South? Pops, are you from South? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, no, East London, you know what it is for me? It's just got so much character. It does, it does. Like, there's just so much going on, like, in, in East London, and there's just so much culture. And, there is. Um, you know, we had the Olympics there. Um, the amount of stories that Cindy has told me <laughs> has just kept me always intrigued about East London. Um, yeah, I told you some crazy stories, didn't it? You have, and um, um, I met Cindy in East London when I went when I finally you know got my foot in in East London. I went over, I went to Monarchs. You know what I mean? I had went to uh, college in Walthamstow. We love it. Do you know we what love I mean? it. We and, love uh, it. 
I became a little bit of an East Londoner myself. Not fully, because, you know, Northwest best. But, um, <laughs> yeah, as much as I banter it, that's my second favourite place in London. I, I do love a bit of East London. I love it too. <laughs> so, um, so this isn't a pleasant story, and unfortunately, this is not a very good representation of East London. But I am going to do the story of the murderer called Peter Brand. Can you stop licking them crisps like that? Because I feel like you're trying to seduce me and girl. <laughs> Okay, I first don't of all, like women. Sorry, before I get into this, do you not lick crisps? No. I really like licking crisps. Like, I lick off the flavour first, and then I get into the crisps. You know you're like one of them kids, man. You know when the Why child... Why is God looking at me like you're that? You're like, fam, because... I'm sorry, it's because you are doing a serial killer documentary. That's one of the tricks. <laughs> 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 He's trying to say I've got a serial killer trick, because I like licking crisps. Know. Thanks for letting me know. So when you call me at like three, four in the morning, yeah, and you're like, I need to bury your body. Well, know why? Because you were licking crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Cindy. <laughs> For me and you, who's going to be more likely to bury your body? You, bitch. <laughs> always the quiet ones. Get out of my face. <laughs> Just do your story, man. Get out. Okay, so I'm going to be doing the story of Peter Brian. And the sources that I used was My London, Daily Mail, and Wikipedia. <sighs> <laughs> You're gonna end up choking yourself, you know. Why do you say Wikipedia like that? How do you say it? Wikipedia? No. How do you say it? Wikipedia. Wikipedia? <laughs> nah, you're not gonna do this to me. Shut up. Like, you're not gonna do this to me. Okay, say it again. why should Paul Le Bon Anglais? Like, so don't even do that. You speak English perfectly fine. Yes, exactly. Paul Le Bon. Say also, guys, Cindy has been teaching me. Well, the uh, aim has been that she teaches me a new French word every day, but she's been slacking. And that's why she says Wikipedia like that. Guys, everyone knows my first language was French. Everybody knows that, okay? Get out. Like, I got to nursery and they taught me all the English that I know and now my French is incredibly bad. So, Aww, it's little really mini bad. sin. Look at your bear cute at nursery. I'll show you a picture, maybe. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's talk about Peter Bryan, please. Let's get into it. Okay, so Peter Bryan was born on October the 4th, 1969 and was the youngest of seven children. Brian is of Bayesian descent. Oh, hell no, man. <laughs> what? Oopsie. Cindy, why are you going to do this to my islands, man? Yeah. Remember last time we did, who did we do? The Night, the night Stalker. The Night Stalker. Oh, he was Jamaican. He was Jamaican. It? And now this one has to be Bayesian. Doing my islands dirty. But carry on. Damn I mean, we'll never hear St. Louis, so I hope you're fine. Sorry. <laughs> hmm. Um, that's going to be my next Camarinas, maybe, because they're a bit wild, but I don't know. Okay. I'm going to find a solution. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he was of Bayesian descent. He went to Shaftesbury Junior School in Forest Gate before attending Trinity Secondary School in Canning Town. He left school aged 14 or 15. We don't, I didn't um, find out like the particular age. And obtained employment at a clothes store, later moving on to teaching cooking lessons at his local soup kitchen. So let's talk about his first attack because not much is really said about like him. Like I didn't really know much about how he used to interact with people. Or... Before we got here, mm -hmm. we said that we were gonna try and do something positive once a month, right? Yeah. For the community. Yeah. One of those things was gonna be you know helping out a soup kitchen, the homeless. <laughs> now I'm a bit put off. God, imagine if you go there and this kind of guy is working there. It's not the homeless okay, people that you should be so, scared of. Is okay. this is this type of dude? Okay, so let me stop you right there. I know like, they say that you're supposed, to, yeah, you're supposed to like you've, you've apparently walked past like so many like murderers and serial killers, you but have. it's actually just so scary because like 
stereotypes will tell you, oh my God, like it should be those homeless hobos and everything. Yeah. All those horrible things that people will say about homeless people. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 really the like the flipping wolves in sheep's clothing that you should yeah. be scared of. You're over here helping in, in soup kitchens mm-hmm. and now I'm hearing that you've now turned into a killer. Because even like what it is with, with Peter, like I didn't hear much about his family, like even though yes, he grew up in East London, it was never like they had they didn't have food on the table and his mum was a crackhead. Like you don't you don't hear this mm. about this. So again, it just where did this come from? Yeah, but, um, interesting to know. The, the human mind is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Very. So not much is really known about his behaviour as a child, but um, his signs of erratic behaviour started at the age of eighteen. Okay. So in nineteen eighty seven, Brian lived in the Flying Angel in Custom House, East London. Do you know what that is? I do know where Custom House is. Oh, I thought you meant the, I meant the Flying Angel. I don't know where Flying Angel is. Oh, was. right, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Police were called when he attempted to throw another resident from his sixth floor window. Yeah. Custom House. You gotta be careful. I've got some family over there, guys. Fuck it up. I'm just playing. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> you ain't paying, are you? Yes, all zone. It's a bit brazy. It's a bit brazy. That, that is why families end. It's a bit. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit. Lock your doors for real. <laughs> yeah, it is. I can tell you some stories later if you want. I can tell you some stories. Please do. <laughs> so, guys. <laughs> so police were called when he attempted to throw okay from six window the victim reported that the initial attack by brian was unprovoked so police took no action against brian in the attack so you know like pc blood back in the day like you know they just used to hire anyone as police officers mm. because someone that you know nearly got thrown out of a sixth floor window she kind of questioned that so the fact that there was no further action i always feel like things like that there's a bit of blood on you lot's hands because you should have mm. caught this type of behavior from day dot if you caught him or maybe got him some help from that that kind of point who knows maybe the the things that he went on to do presumably i don't know the rest of the story but could have been you know at least oh, attempted to be prevented yeah do you know it would have kind of been logged yeah you know i mean it would have kind of been like oh you know what this is not his first story he's a bit of a brazy guy trying to dash someone out of a window and said nah it's cool you know like, can you imagine listen i'm gonna tell you something right now if i tend to do that and nothing happens to me i'll be walking like i'm the man and this is the thing this is why people don't learn things like <laughs> you know the moment you allow them to get away they're thinking Psh, i'm untouchable like who's, who's gonna g-check me yeah you even do things 10 times worse so yeah so nothing came from the attack and uh six years later this is when he killed for the first time he had been fired from a fashionable boutique on the king's road i don't know where king's road is after being caught stealing clothes a week later, March 18th, 1993, Brian came back with a claw hammer. He used mm. it to kill 20-year-old Nisha Sheth, no. the daughter of the owner, in front of her younger brother. No! Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Crazy. Just traumatic. Just traumatic. So, in 1994, he was sent to Rampton Secure Hospital after admitting to the murder... By February 2001, the nursing staff thought that he made a considerable progress regarding his behaviour, attitude, maturity, relationships, anger and insight. Brian was transferred from Brampton in June 2001 to the John Howard Centre after a six-month trial leave project agreed by the Home Office. So is that kind of like a halfway house? So it's kind of like, 
Yeah, like, um, it's fine, you're good, babe. Not, not as much security. Okay. Like, yeah. So, he was released into the care of a psychiatrist and social worker. After applying to a mental health review tribunal in 2002, Brian was moved to the Riverside Hostel in North London, where he was allowed to come and go as he pleased. In October 2003, psychiatrists noticed that there had been a continued improvement in his mental state and talked of plans for a move to a more independent accommodation. So, when I hear things like this, are you putting it on to be released? Or are you really making progression? I don't want to just... Someone that... I don't want to... I don't want to... Yeah. That's the thing. I don't want to generalise and say, yeah, yeah, because a lot of people do make the progress. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like with people like this, just because he's got mental health issues doesn't mean that he's not highly intelligent, you know? This And this is what I'm... So, like, to me, it's like... You could, you, you, you could have the capacity just to, to know that, you know, if you act a certain way, you might be able to get the privileges of having a little extra freedom and then you can do more of what you kind of want to do. And unfortunately, it's just a, it's a horrible... It's a horrible hobby that I'm going to assume that he had. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just never know, sis. We'll never know. Yeah. These, these are just very what ifs or what abouts, you mm-hmm. know? I can imagine. Um, so in... Shut it again. In January 2004, social workers applied for the transfer of Brian to low support accommodation. Instead, Brian was transferred to an open psychiatric ward at Newham General Hospital, where I was born. Oh, <laughs> For his safety, after allegations that he had indecently assaulted a 16-year-old girl. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. I have no words. Leave the babies fucking alone. We don't play about the babies. We keep saying we just we, we don't we don't play about the babies, man. You gotta leave the babies alone. We gotta protect them, man. Trust me. Like, it's just yeah. Like no one deserves like any sort of you know indecent assault. Um, yeah. But leave the fucking babies out of it. Like to, like to me, every time I hear like these kind of stories, like it just really saddens me. And the reason that's why it just saddens me is because. With assault, like in, in that umbrella with sexual assault, that person lives with that, and I believe that. Your life. And you're you're just doing it for maybe a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes of pleasure, while you are really traumatizing them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and taking away their childhood, bro. Like just no really child upsetting. should be going through that. No one should be going through that full stop. Yeah. But you should look upon your 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 childhood with fondness. And exactly. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be subject to that type of behaviour is disgusting we don't play about the babies we, we just don't <sighs> just sad <clears throat> so a month later Brian killed Brian Cherry on the 17th of November 2004 just hours after being discharged from the mental health unit reportedly the victim had been dismembered and officers found a frying pan on the stove with tissue from a dead man's brain fuck off a friend of Mr. Cherry's, Nic- Nicola Newman, let herself to f- let herself in to find a bare-chested Brian holding a knife. He told her that Cherry was dead, and she saw the body naked on the floor and could see one of his arms clearly separated from the rest oh, of his body. Oh God, the trauma. Yeah. I just um, imagine like coming upon that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like the fear that I would even have, like I wouldn't even stop to chat, you know, as soon as I hear that I'm out, brother. Because I would just be scared of like, okay, he's done that. What's he going to do to me? It just scares me because it's like, did I interrupt something? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do, like do you know, like, it's just really like, 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 no, but it's true. Cause you know, like when someone's, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm not trying to be cheeky, but you know, someone's committing a murder. Yeah. Like they're proper like into it. Like they're doing whatever they're doing. Like they're proper like, you know, whether they're, they're slicing up the body or oh they're stabbing them up. And then you just walk in abruptly and now their plans have changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because now it's like, now I've got a dead body and a witness. witness. Yeah. So that's why I was like, like, you're just walking in like... Me, I shut my eyes, you know, I say, I don't see nothing and I'm dusting out. out. But your word is not enough. Then I have to run. You do? You have to try and run as fast as you can. Oh, but the thing is as well, I feel like with those type of things, it's so easy for me, like if I was there or if this happened, yeah, like, I, I yeah. would do this and I would do that. I can imagine freezing, like, and you want to kind of run, mm-hmm. but you don't know what, what that situation is like until you've, you've been in it. And I've been in situations where, mm-hmm. um, like, hypothetically, I'll be like, oh, if I was in that situation, like, you know, I would do this or, d- or do that. But mm-hmm. then I've been in actual situations that are quite scary or, you know, seeing fights or when I was, like, at uni, seeing someone getting bottled and all their blood everywhere. And oh you always goodness. think you're going to be the one to be rushing to help and everything. And yeah. I remember being there with some friends yeah. and we've just frozen. Yeah. And you act in ways that you wouldn't, like, suspect, you, like for you to act mm-hmm. do you know what i mean it's very much flight or um flight or fight flight or flight yeah um so yeah i mean tell me what does she do just a little bit of a pin on what, what i'm gonna say next but you know with the fight or flight thing mm. not necessarily you know you should be- believe in your sources and i'm gonna tell you why because you're fighting to live mm. so if you were in a predicament like that you wouldn't easily give up unless you know that there's a way out Mm. do you understand what i'm saying it's a bit different like let's say we were talking about captivity earlier on like if you were being held in captivity for a long period of time i think you would just kind of accept that you know what this this is it but like if you're in a predicament like this like let's say you walk into something you will instantly run you're not even gonna look at your phone and be like nah, nah. you are like you're running faster than usain bolt you're, yeah, you're running in a running, way that yeah. you never thought you could adrenaline run. That's the is adrenaline. a mad thing exactly um, adrenaline I mean? is really really mad exactly so you shouldn't talk down on yourself about the whole i like i would freeze regarding that because that's when you're like i have i need to live and because i need to live i need to pick my legs up and i need to do me do you know what i mean oh man what a, a scary situation i would never want to be in such a such a situation and that yeah. that seeing that would more than likely stay with you for the rest of your life i know poor baby i know poor baby um, so when the police arrived, Brian told them about eating Cherry's brain and oh later added, God. I would have done someone else if he hadn't come along. I wanted their souls. He also added, I ate his brain with butter and it was really nice. Uh... Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's annoying with that a lot of these like attacks and murders because it doesn't really say in depth like, so he planned this and he did that. It's just literally... We're, we're in that spot and he just did whatever he did, which just goes to show that he doesn't really have a specific reason. Like, he doesn't have specific enemies. He just saw a target and was like, bet. Sorry, so how did he kill this man? Um, doesn't it say. say. Doesn't say. Just says, I just want to know, like, how did he get access to his brain? Or maybe he bludgeoned him to death or something. I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's that. My God. And then you what? You fried up his, his brain with butter? Yep. Um, I don't know, but do you know that the image of a brain just makes me sick already? 
Oh, it's awful. Like, that's what sometimes I'm put off of, like, mince meat. Oh, God. <laughs> so. Have you ever been to a Halloween party and they do um those that, that jelly kind of brain thing and then they put the strawberry sauce over it? Like, you know, like, when you go to a Halloween party yeah. and they do all those kind of, like, scary um foods and it looks like spiders and snakes and stuff i will never be i'll never like to like go near their brain thing like it was just yeah. like i know it's i know it's just jelly yeah. with like some sauce but ew oh man yeah oh i can't i cannibalism i just i can't on that one i just can't understand it yeah it's a bit um do you think you could do it eat someone else yeah because um Recently, I was listening to my favorite murder. Shout out to Karen and Georgia, as always. Love them. Um, and they were talking about um, the flight that had crashed in Argentina in like, the 70s when they were coming back from the rugby game or they were on their way to the rugby, be- um, rugby game. Please don't quote me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, uh, essentially, they crashed on the mountain and mm-hmm. then um, they were stuck there for so long they had to, like, um, you know, determine whether they're going to, you know, eat other people for survival. Right. So the people that had already been deceased, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I know that that's kind of like literally life or death. Like I, I have to eat death. somebody or I die here. Yeah. But I don't know if I could do it. You will never know until you get into that predicament again. Mm. You know, you will never know. Um, I don't bank on it. Like I, I, I don't see skin and I'm like, yes, you know what? I bet he tastes like oxtail. Like I don't, I don't do that. But <laughs> you know, may, maybe. If you know survival time comes and you know Cindy, je pas du choix. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I'm not eating seashells. What am I gonna do? What choice do I have? I'm a, I'm not really a great hunter. I'm not going into that like into the the sea. What choice do I have? But again, hopefully we'll never be in that predicament. God forbid. You know. Lord of mercy. You know. <laughs> so. um Let's talk about his capture and arrest. Well, mm-hmm. not really capture. He was instantly arrested. So, um, Brian was remanded to Broadmoor Hospital after appearing in court over Cherry's death. On the 25th of April, um, he killed fellow patient, Richard Loudwell, age 59, while still in Broadmoor. Oh, my God. Yeah. He didn't even stop when he was in there. Nope. So, Brian said that if he had not been interrupted, he would have eaten Loudwell's flesh as well. He started by strangling Loudwell with the cord of his trousers before hanging his, before banging his head repeatedly Jesus. against the floor. A report into the incident said that Brian intended to kill Richard Loudwell as quickly as possible, but gave up because he became tired. Loudwell was rushed to hospital where he died just a month later. Awful. After the attack, Brian told the duty psychiatrist that I've had these urges towards him, speaking of Loudwell, mm. ever since I saw him. He's the bottom of the food chain, old, haggard he looked like he's had his innings so i think what he's trying to insinuate was that this is an old man and he wouldn't really like be no one would really care if he died or if i ate him and you know that was his intent he also said i wanted to kill him and then eat him i didn't have much time if i did i'd have tried to cook him and eat him oh All right, we get it now you wanted to eat him you wanted to eat him again so an inquest jury later found that Brian had not been adequately assessed at the hospital secure unit before being released from seclusion by staff. Um, I think that they found that he was schizophrenic. So yeah, he it, I mean, it, it does make sense because as well, he said that um, he started to 
exhibit some weird behaviors as of like 18 and i know yeah. they usually say around maybe when you get in towards the kind of age of 20 that's when people start to kind of show signs of I schizophrenia didn't know this. i didn't know um again do not do not quote me but it tends to kind of show up in like your late kind of teens early kind of 20s wow okay i didn't um, i didn't know this yeah i don't know if it's for everybody but i know that for um some people that didn't ha- that don't have it in like their childhood mm-hmm. i'm not sure like if you can get in your childhood but don't quote me i'm not a psychiatrist but mm. for a lot of um oh, there's a lot of cases that i've seen where the, the, the signs have been shown once they kind of get you know kind of towards their early adulthood right right um mm. especially in men so yeah wow. it's very it's very sad but again if you just caught that guy when he was dashing somebody out of the window from yeah. day dot in custom house like yeah. maybe things could have been different i mean It's just again the judicial system. It's just again like the police just just failing because you know the bottom line is is that he went on to kill two more people. Very and that sad. could have been avoided. Do you know what I mean? Like he like very, he went on sad. to like he went on to do all of that, and that could have all have literally been avoided if they just sat there and they were just like, "Should you be released? Are mm. we sure?" Because there's some. There's this one woman, this one black woman called Sharon Carr. I don't mm. know if you've heard of her. I haven't. Um, but she's 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 been sectioned since she was like fourteen or fifteen, because she killed someone and she went on to kill other people. And then they found they obviously found. Um, she basically baited herself out in her diaries. Oh wow! So like with her in her case, she's been put in there for the rest of her life and. It makes sense, at like, because Sharon Carr showed early signs of we need to nip this in the bud. And yeah. I believe that, you know, you just got to look over them, even if they are acting nice this time, even if they are taking their tablets this time. Like, you just, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But, um, it's very, very sad. To and end- it's, it's sad because you've got mental health issues and it's yeah. not to be, uh, you know, you never want that to be stigmatized. But yeah. if you do need help and you're a risk to others, mm-hmm. then that does need to kind of, you know, be handled professionally. I mean, absolutely. Like, because again, a beautiful twenty-year-old died. Um, actually, he killed three people. Sorry, um, he killed the 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 young girl Nisha. He killed um, Brian Cherry. Um, and he killed the guy in, in prison. Laundry. Laund- yeah, Loudwell. Loudwell. Michael Loudwell. Like, those poor three people. Um, he'll probably remain in Broadmoor for the rest of his life. Um, after wreaking Haggart, ha- havoc everywhere, Haggart, you know, <laughs> bye. <laughs> um, he'll probably remain in Broadmoor for the rest of his life, and his family have not commented. And I can imagine why. Why would they? Because again, he came up from a he came from a family where I can't really hear that. You know, the dad was incredibly abusive, and the mum was neglectful, or vice versa. Well, so Westerns are very proud. Very proud people. <laughs> you know what very, I mean? very, very proud people. So. They don't want no shame, boy. So they just keep their mouth shut. Very sad, and I hope he gets all the help that he needs, but. More importantly, rest in peace to um, all those those um, victims. Victims lost. Yeah, because I, I remember hearing this story because it was um, my other best friend. It was my other best friend Chantal that gave me this story as a suggestion. Mm. But um, this was like obviously when people were talking about Forest Gate, like when we were hearing about this happening in our ends, it was just kind of like whoa. Like, oh this yeah, is scary. of course, because you would have been a kid at the time. Yeah, so I would have been like what fourteen, fifteen. That is insane. Um, yeah. And yeah, not as not as. Uh, long ago as you'd, you'd think yeah it was what 2009 his last one wow 2009 um I think the last one was no was it 
I need to do my research because that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know, but I need to do my research. Damn, that's really sad yeah, though. That's crazy. It's very, very sad. It's crazy. Um, so many lives cut short. Death is sad, man. It is sad. I'm scared of dying, you know, you. Um, I think I'm more scared of losing people around me. Yeah. Because um, I'll never forget when... It, it just kind of hit me and someone will like once told me that you know the older that you get like unfortunately you are going to be attending more funerals mm-hmm. and that's what scares me because mm-hmm. you're like you know when you were younger and, and then like your mom would get that phone call it's like this person died I'm like oh my gosh yeah like um, unfortunately we're at that age where it's like <laughs> okay oh god <laughs> oh, oh dearie mate I just love being in East London I'm sorry what's wrong you know when you just get a mad text I just got a maddest text like oh my god I've got to ring my friend after she just came with some tea is it porn no it's not fucking porn okay. you just have to ask her now any hoozles <laughs> right are you ready for my story yes I am what's it about Tommy Okay. I'm um, sorry, that was really animated. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm ready for your story. Sorry. Yes. I love how excited you are. So, um, was it last year? No, my God, time has flown. Mm. Two years ago then now coming up to you. Mm. Do you remember when I went camping? Yes. And I invited you to come with me? Yes. Um, you didn't, you didn't come, but, um, do you like camping? No. And why why don't you like camping? Um listen babe, I can sleep anywhere, but I can't sleep on that floor, man. Is it is it the is it the the kind of environment that you're sleeping in or yeah. is it the fact that you're just like sleeping outside, it's not comfortable? Yeah, it's it's that part too. Um and not being able to like wash properly. Mm. Yeah. So it's more the kind of like where where you're at, um, that like being comfortable hygiene wise and mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, um, I like to camp. <laughs> I've been telling her, oh, let's do some shit. And she's like, it's giving peasant. That's a fucking lie, Cindy. <laughs> I am lying. That is a big <laughs> lie. Oh, my God. Uh, wow, you can lie <laughs> me like that. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, I'm being dramatic. I'm being dramatic, guys. She's, no, no, Manette's a team player. She's a team player. Yeah, sometimes I just feel like I do things that I don't want to do for the, for the sake of the team. Thank God you didn't put me in that in that Snapchat because I'm looking like a haggard bitch. Uh, I look a mess. Um, sorry. So yeah, with camping, um, I do like it. I like it mostly though because I do it with my family. Okay. Um, we do like a. Well, I think we've tried to make it like an annual trip where we'll go, um, in the summer for a night and we'll we'll like build all the all the tents together. We'll do food. We'll do like little um you know, family games and stuff, especially now that a lot of my cousins have little ones. Aww. So it's must do it for them. Um, but I don't really do the thing where I, you know, I go up into the mountains. It's very rural and everything. Like if we're, do- if we're doing yeah, it, it's crazy. very much like we go to Milton Keynes. It's a big campsite. The, the motorway's right there. Tesco's around the corner. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So like if we need anything, we're like, okay, what, you lot want something? Yeah, let's get into, let's get into the college, drive to Tesco. Let's go get KFC and bring it back. We'll go get like a bucket. We're not like in the middle of the woods where it's like, caca. <laughs> and there's literally no one to be found. But a lot of people do like to camp and hike out in the wilderness. Right, right. And 
I've always been like, I don't want to be one of those people because one, I already just don't really like the dark in my own yard, let alone the dark outside. And I noticed that when I went camping, mm. when it is dark, it is fucking dark. Yeah. It is dark and it's cold. And when I went um, two years ago with my family, um, it was it was it was really dark, but we had the most like amazing view, and we happened to be able to see like the Big Dipper and stuff. Okay. So that we had like, the the sky was really clear. There was no like light pollution or anything. Um, so I can imagine why people do want to go cap- camping and and hiking in these in these various places. Mm-hmm. But I try to stay away from it. I try to do the kind of glamping more. I don't, do you know what it is? It I think another reason as to why I'm kind of scared is because I have a really vivid imagination, right. as you know. And I just always believe that there's feral people living there. <laughs> like, I just always believe that it gives, like, hills have eyes. And, like, I'm going to be, like, snoring, like, you know, my face off. And then someone's just going to be standing over me. Right. Like, barking. And that's another thing that puts me off of camping. Wow, look where you took it. You know what? I'll just always have a childish mind. I will always be childish, guys. I'm still scared of the dark. So, I'm still scared of clowns. <laughs> oh, babe. So, <laughs> you know. Um, scared of clowns but I date them <laughs> that was corny guys that was corny I'm gonna edit that out that was really corny goodbye please keep that in I loved it um, carry on but you know what I actually say that as I've, as I've gone over this mm-hmm. the one thing about me is that yes I am a bougie bitch but the one thing about me that my friends do know is that I love an adventure yeah I love do. going I love exploring like really random places I love spon- um, spontaneity and when I was living in California um, I wanted to make sure I got the whole Californian experience. Mm. And um, my partner came to see me. We went to go do the Yosemite, um, the, the mountains in California. We went on a trip there. Right. Um, and when I was by myself and when he'd, when he'd gone back to the UK and I was still living in California, um, I did Big Sur by myself. Um one the one day I did hiking and then another time I went with my roommates. But the but the particular time when I went hiking, um, I was out there for uni. And if anybody knows about me, when I was at uni, I just didn't really care about classes. Like I was just there to you know have a good time. <laughs> so I was enjoying while my while my roommates were like going to class because like in America, if you don't go to class, like you're paying big money. To I'm just, gonna have you know, to flunk you. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They're flunking and that. But <laughs> I was just there to just you know enjoy my life. So I went to Big Sur for the day. I had um, I remember at the time Janae Iko's trip came out, um, which was very much um, it was just very much fit the whole aesthetic. So I went hiking through um, the national park at Big Sur, um, all by myself. Had my headphones in and stuff. I went down the trails and stuff, and it was absolutely beautiful. But then it started to get dark, and I started thinking to myself. Yeah, I'm a black girl out here from <laughs> from the UK, from London specifically. I don't know how to fucking fight if I see a mountain lion um, or if I don't know how to get out of here, I'm screwed. I had no signal as well. And I was just thinking, I watched too much horror movies for this. And I remember thinking at the time, like, how do people stay out here um, in the wilderness? And like, it gets pretty cold, especially once the, the sun goes down, even and especially in California. Um, mm. And I remember just thinking, like, how do people do this? Because there's a big hike culture out there, especially in the US. Um, and I remember thinking, all these horror movies that I've watched, there's there's always somebody that's in a forest mm-hmm. or, you know, they've gone camping with their friends and they mm-hmm. get picked off one by one. I've seen Blair Witch Project and they're in the, the woods and they find something random. And I just that's felt really like... That's me off. Oh, they- <laughs> Blair Witch Project really pissed me off. Like, they, like, all three of them were just really dense. You think? 
<laughs> like you, every time I think about that film, I just get really pissed off. It's a busy film. What were they going to look for? Witches. I remember they had like their cameras and everything. I think they were going to look for witches. Why? Why? Uh, yeah, me. I don't know. I don't know. I like, personally I, I'm, don't I'm know. I'm just like. Ooh, what's my chin? Down, 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 down. Me, I love House and Garage, man. So I don't remember who sings it, but just get your gun fingers out. Uh, you know downstairs where that gym is, yeah? Mm-hmm. And we're always doing ins, ins, ins music and I can hear some house there, yeah? Every time I, every time we're in here and I can hear them, I always think of um, Terry Crews, like, brr, brr. <laughs> and white cheeks, like, brr, brr. <laughs> like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, my days. Oh, they lost some ins, ins, ins music. Anyways, so... I was thinking about this the other day and um, I was thinking about the fact that there's so many movies and thoughts that people have when they go to these, you know, remote areas. Surely there has to have been something that happened. Yeah. That's all that happens out in these woods and stuff. So today I'm going to be doing Gary Michael Hilton, the National Forest Serial Killer. Let's get into it. I've never heard of this one. Neither have I. Okay. 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 Give it to me. Let's go. All right, so we're gonna we're not gonna get into Gary quite yet. We're gonna get into um, our beloved Meredith Emerson. So Meredith Emerson was born on June twentieth, nineteen eighty three, and she grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. That's your dad's birthday. Oh my god! <laughs> How did you know that? Because my mom's born the day after. I always remember that. <laughs> oh, Cindy, you're actually my G. You know. <laughs> I was thinking about it last night. I was like, oh my gosh, my dad's birthday. Oh, so cute. Wow, you're so good. Uh, look at you. That's real friends. That's real friends. And I'm real bitch. Real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, I'm sorry, sorry. Carry on, my darling. No new friends, bro. And this is why, bro. Stay down with my A1. And we're in the club, we're in the club. No new friends. No new friends. No new friends. No, no, no. Guys, we need to start recording because, like, if I'm going to be winding up and you guys can't see, like, I might as well start recording publicly. I know. I always think, like, when I'm, like, dancing in here, like, no one can see me. They're probably thinking, I can just hear Mine just making, like, <laughs> grunting and, <laughs> and clicking. Do and you know, Ace. Do you know what I was thinking about the other day? Yeah. <laughs> you know that video of Whitney Houston, yeah? What video of Whitney Houston? There was two. There's one where she's singing Shut Up by Black Eyed Peas, yeah? <laughs> and the hour over her and Bobby are trying on the glasses. Like, they work. Oh, they yeah. They work for me. They work. <laughs> I was really cleaning up in my room, yeah, and I just like, they work. <laughs> they work. <for> me. <laughs> oh, that's oh really God. funny. I'm sorry. It's just a random fall. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> was it what? What did I watch the other day? Was it Diary of a Mad Black Woman and or oh. Why Did I Get Married? And they were in a shop and. um <laughs> they're pretending that like Whitney Houston was there and all they can hear in the back was Bobby Bobby stop it it was that a mad black woman I, do you know what yeah <laughs> if I ever catch Tyler Perry I might tell him to come around the corner you know? I might tell him to come around the corner because I'm sick of it I'm sick of it I'm sick of it like why is it that black woman the man is a cheater he has a baby on her Um, he's sniffing crack did they sniff crack whatever like he's, they're doing all of this stuff and she's a woman of God and she just sticks through it. Like, she sticks through it. And then she, she finds a great man who happens to be light-skinned with a bad lace front. 
And you know, she just happily ever after with him. Shamar Moore alone. He was a good man in that film. I like Shamar Moore. I always had a crush on him. What was he in? The Young and the Restless or something like that. He's fine as hell. Also, um, what's the film where they actually actually flip it and there's um, Journey in it? Juicy Smollett's um, sister. I keep saying, like, they're not French, but her name is spelled like a French name. Journey. Like a French word, Journée. Yeah. Like, every time I see her name, it's just spell it like normal people. Okay, anyways. Um, that bitch, I'm sorry, in that film, she really did the most. And she deserved everything she got, you know, in that film. What was it? Confessions of a... What was that film called? a therapist or, or a... I don't know. I don't know, of but you was cheating... A you marriage counsellor. Yeah, you was cheating on your man and then you ended up with, what, HIV? That's your own. Sorry. That is your own. Sorry, when that black bull dude from um, Why Did I Get Married, um, what's it called, was cheating on Sheila, um, Jill Scott, what did he contract? You don't contract nothing. Why is it the women always have to go through that shit? Oh, yeah, because it was the other woman that caught something and gave it to a man, innit? I Michael mean, K. White. I mean, Tyler the Crusher, so he's got a problem, man. Leave him up. You know what? Tyler Perry, you've done a lot for our community. You've got He's got a big old um, a big old um, movie lot now, innit? Yeah, all of those peas, but he still can't buy wigs for, for people. I know, they need to get somebody to be do better lace fronts on the um, on set, but... Any hoozles. But Let- so, so, and another, and another thing. <laughs> and another thing. I'm just so sorry, but I think with Tyler Perry, which really, what really annoys me as well, well with a lot of, um, even content creators now, what really irritates me is um, the caricature of black women. Okay. Like him dressing up and doing the, like, the whole like Medea thing. And it's just kind of a representation of how our personalities are kind of mocked. Okay, I hear that. I don't know. Maybe you should have taken the Mrs. Doubtfire route. Just to be a bit humble. I don't know, but then I feel like maybe he was going for, for kind of Eddie Murphy-esque, um, where he kind of does a similar thing, right? I just think, okay. Or so, Big Mama's House as well, Martin Lawrence. Okay, but he did the same. So with me, yeah, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. But when Eddie Murphy did Nighty Professor, it was fucking funny, mm. okay? <laughs> I don't even want to say the joke yet. Cindy's going to start laughing and Shango to stop. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. <laughs> but you don't know bit yeah. Well, you don't like Respisha. Just how she's put like put, it's just a bit like Alright, uh, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say, but a, a lot of black actors do it, like when they portray black women and it's just okay. kind of like Stop. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. And or do you feel like they around. could they could have represented black women in a more kind of um respectable just way just don't mimic them why okay. don't you be a black woman to be funny like if you're really a comedian do you know what I mean like Tyler Perry by himself you think he's funny like wasn't he in one film where he was playing opposite um, Nia Long and he lipster do you think you're paying enough to lip Nia Long in real life right anyway like, let's get <laughs> so if you're not funny enough you shouldn't be a woman like and you know you're not paying enough like you're not the hunk you're not, like, you're not Leonardo DiCaprio like, I do not like that man Leonardo DiCaprio I'm not gonna get into him no you can't I love him though. I do love him. He is my baby. He's my baby. We'll just leave it. Did you watch Don't Look Up? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Then we'll discuss it later. Okay. Right. Sorry. (laughs) Let me start this again. So let's start with my baby. Bless. Um, Sorry. Let me start again. Meredith. Let's start with Meredith Emerson. So. She was born on June 20th, 1983. Yes. my, My dad's birthday. Although he was not born in 1983. Okay. She's probably about like 15 then. Bless. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he grew up in, sorry, she grew up in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and she was a really great student. She was extremely, extremely gifted in French, which I okay. thought you were going to love and appreciate. And she actually got awarded by her okay. university um, for her contribution to French in that university. Oh, wow. um, and in 2008, at 24 years old, she's now, uh, she's now moved from South Carolina and she's living in Burford, um, Georgia. So it's New Year's Day, 2008, and she decides to set out on a hike to a mountain called Blood Mountain in Georgia, which, mm. yeah, I know it's a really, okay. un- a really <laughs> unfortunate name. Yeah. Um, me personally, that alone would put me off. Yeah, same. Um, but I told you, hike culture. So a bit about Blood Mountain. <clears throat> Blood Mountain is the sixth tallest mountain in Georgia. It's about 4,458 meters above sea level. I'm going to get my, um, what's that guy's name? David Attenborough, that's it. David Attenborough on. (laughs) And it's the highest peak within the Georgia section of the Appalachian Trail. Mm -hmm. So this trail um, that is described is the longest hiking only trail in the world. And it stretches 2,200 miles across the eastern US. So it goes Mm -hmm. all the way from Georgia all the way to Maine. So it's really long. Is Maine in South or is that Midwest? I want to say Maine is like Midwest. Okay. Towards the coast. Because lobster, like, is it, is the lobsters come from Maine? Like, I feel like it's on the, it's like on the, on the coast, I want to say. That's long. It's very long. Yeah. Let me find out where Maine is. Maine is the, the north, northeasternmost state. Yeah. So it's looking, oh, you know where it is? It's next to Nova Scotia. It's a bit further up from uh, New York and it's right next to Montreal so it's it's not even Midwest it's like up so up so it's going to the A's yeah and they got banging seafood apparently I love me some seafood yeah so <clears throat> it's a long ass trail so she wants to go out hiking on New Year's Day great way to start the year and she leaves her uh, roommate a message on a chalkboard within their flat letting them letting them know that she was taking Ella on a hike and hoped that the roommate had fun at the party, mm-hmm. um, the New Year's Day, whether it was New Year's Eve party. So Ella is her dog. <laughs> so she sets out on her, on her hike with her beautiful dog, Ella. Um, but on the next day, January 2nd, Meredith turns out to be a no-show at work. And this uh, causes her loved ones to become really concerned about her um, and about her whereabouts because that's unlike her. Yes, Sind. Sorry, can I ask something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, eat this crisp. what behavior yeah mm-hmm. do you think that you would like that you, like something would happen to you and then people will clock that something's wrong you do me i do you it won't be me not picking up my phone because i never pick up my phone <laughs> exactly um what would why would i think that mm, what would make me think that something's up with Monet? You would have sent me a voice note because mm. I believe that even when like you take your t- your time like away or you know you're you're busy with something or you're with family or dealing with something, it doesn't matter what day it is, you will respond back. So let's say just out of out of the blue, like it's been let's say a day and a half even, and I haven't heard from you, I'll be like, no, nah, that's weird. Like, mm. like that's really even now. Like when you take time, like so I'll be like. Did, was I the last person to respond? Is Monet okay? Mm. <laughs> what about you with me? <laughs> yeah, mine would be the voice note too. But I feel like if if I if I didn't see you on Twitter, if I didn't see if I didn't see you post something on Twitter, yeah, or, or Instagram, 
like not so much not as much your story because you i think you mostly use your stories to promote your business yeah and our podcast amen yeah but if i don't see you chatting shit on twitter <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes i go on twitter yeah and like, I remember there was another day, there was a, there was, sorry, the other day I saw a tweet from you and it was just like, a man with a heavy tongue like that, no one should be believing what he says. <laughs> I just think a man with a lisp, yeah. So there was this man on, like with a lisp that like he had a video and he was like, oh, if she's a bum, if she's asking you for money, you know, just, just, he's, <laughs> he's trying to force being the, the, the toxic masculinity man. like Alpha just, male. And a lot of people don't know the definition of that, but he thought that that's what it was. And his tongue was so thick. I'm talking <laughs> rolling Ray thick. Yeah. Just talking shit. No good can come out of a man with a lisp. No good can come out of anyone with a lisp. I'm sorry. I believe that everyone that has a lisp is a troublemaker. Have you seen that meme? Yeah. You're out of water. With the women, like with that, with that mouth and the teeth are like, the teeth are going this way. And that, that. And what did that meme say? Anyone that, that, that has teeth like that or talks like, is a troublemaker. So why the fuck would I listen to a grown man with a lisp? Yeah. Why, why would I have to listen to anything? Um, guys, if you can, find Cindy's Twitter. <laughs> I would love to plug it on here, but I'm not going to do that. But if you can find her Twitter, it's the most fucking entertaining piece of content. Um, and that is how I know. I just cuss everyone because I'll never forget when... Um, I'm going to call it my friends. I'm, like, I, I don't forget when my friend yeah, sent me um, like a tweet of mine and he was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it was like, basically, Steve Harvey is nothing but just teeth and suits. <laughs> Steve Harvey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm Cindy's sorry. Twitter is really funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I know that you're missing. Oh dear. Okay. If I haven't seen you, if I haven't, if I haven't seen you tweet, not not retweet or like something, if I haven't seen you actually tweet something, yeah, for like a good day or two, yeah, Ooh. something's happened to you, brother. I think that's sometimes yeah. your outlet. I think it's just you're funny. It so is. it's just like, like you. No, I do. I do love a tweet. You know, I do, I love tweeting. I just love talking shit. I, I, I love. I love talking. Why do you think we got a podcast, bro? Like, I love talking shit. Like I love it. Like on this on this pod, like people are probably sitting at home. Like, did she really say that? Like, I absolutely did. Yeah, this is what I do with day in day out. Guys, I tried to night, bro. I tried to do some a boob job in Turkey, and you know here we are. All right, next. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not even drunk, guys. <laughs> Cindy's got vodka. I wasn't going to partake in the vodka, so I have JD over here. And I've also... I, I, I was a good child. I brought peppermint tea, and you brought freaking vodka, and there's JD up in here. I know. I'm trying to be a good child this 2022. So, my bitch, I have my green tea. Where is it? At Yard. In my stomach. Any hoozles. Right. <laughs> so, everybody's really concerned about Meredith. They start to look for her in her regular place, places where she would usually take a hike. Uh, and they eventually arrive at Blood Mountain, where they do find her car abandoned at the bottom of a mountain. But unfortunately, there was no sign of her or Ella. Due to this, they then decided they need to contact the police as they suspected that something may have happened to her. You know, mm. anything can happen when you're, you're hiking. You, you might have dropped. Um, you, you could have hurt yourself. Look at the guy that did 127 hours. That film fucked me, man. You know, 127 hours? Mm-mm. The guy that, um, I don't know if he was hiking, but I feel like he was one of those people that do climbing mm-hmm. or like bouldering. And he dropped down the side of a cliff and he got his arm caught in a boulder. And eventually he had to like cut his arm off to get out of there. And he ended, ended up getting, have you never seen 127 hours? No. Oh my God, James Franco. 
No. Please, watch 127 Hours. It's a true story. And it's about a guy that ends up literally falling and he gets his arm stuck under... He's, like, basically hanging in, like, this cliff with his arm stuck underneath a boulder. And the only way that he ends up getting out of, like, this kind of um, area that he's in is he actually has to cut off his own arm. How did he cut it? Uh, he had, like, a pen knife in it. All right, man. Yeah, man. And otherwise, otherwise he would have he would have died of starvation and, like, um, dehydration. Anywho... Watch 20, 127 hours if you guys haven't. Um, very, uh, very amazing film, and it's it's interesting to see what people wow. will do when it comes to life or death, brother. Like locking off your whole arm, you know. I wanted to say something, but it's gonna be inappropriate. So can you carry on with your story? Please tell me. No. Please tell me. I'll tell you later on. Please tell me. I'll tell you later on. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so they thought right. that something was incredibly wrong. So yeah, mm. they thought that she may have ended up hurting herself or being stranded on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the local sheriffs arrived, um, they began to search and they came up to little with not- uh, little to nothing. Um, so before contacting, um, no, sorry. When the local sheriff's office arrived, they began a search and they came up with little to nothing. So then they, de- then they decided to contact the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, GBI, not the FBI, the GBI. Is that what they're really called? I don't know. I just, I just abbreviated it. Okay. <laughs> um, they then took over the case and the search uh, then started to garner uh, national attention because the search for Meredith started to grow bigger. They had more of a spotlight on it and a lot of friends and family and um, normal you know, citizens that didn't know her started to join the search. Um, so they started to remain really optimistic that they would find her somehow. You know, it's a, it's a massive trail. Anything mm-hmm. could have happened and they're just hoping that they can stumble on her somehow. However, the authorities were soon contacted by a witness by the name of Bill Clawson. Um, he let the police know that him and another hiker that he was walking with saw some upsetting clues along the hike. On the same day that Meredith set out for a hike, which would have been New Year's Day 2008, mm-hmm. the hiker uh, that was with Bill recalls seeing an older toothless man who looked about 50 to 60 years old who had a dog named Dandy and he was also carrying a baton. And he was walking near a younger woman who also had a dog, but he seemed like he was acting in a shifty way, such as hiding behind trees and almost like he was scoping out the scene, hoping that these two men would decide to, you know, eventually leave. Um, so when they stumble on, up among these clues, they eventually see items such as a dog leash, sunglasses, a baton and a water bottle on the ground. Um, so it looks like they should they, they might have been a, a sign of a struggle or a fight. Mm. Um but they they saw no sign of the people that they originally saw. Um, and so they, they decided that they'll pick up the items and take it down to the shop at the bottom of the mountain um, because they decided that, um, you know, that's a bit odd. So they handed that in. And then eventually when they started to see the reports about Meredith, they then put two and two together and thought, OK, what we found might be connected to this case. Mm. Um, and that's why they contacted the police. So at this point, um, news outlets started to put out information to the public so that viewers could be on the lookout for a man that fit the description that the, the other hiker had originally flagged. So this description eventually uh, um, uh, finds a man called uh, John Tapper and he states that he knows the man in question and that he'd worked for John for about 10 years prior and they worked for an uh, insulation business and this man um, happened to go by the name of Gary Hilton. Okay. So John knew his registration number. He's obviously worked for John for for a long time, so he knew him quite well. And he offered this up to the police when the when the search in the mountains continued to mer- for Meredith. Mm-hmm. 
So let's pause there and let's get into Gary Hilton. So Gary Hilton, he was born in Atlanta, Georgia, ATL, um, on November 22nd, 1946. Freaking Sagittarius. Vex. Um, <laughs> and showed sadistic tendencies from an early age. At the age of 13, he shot his stepfather uh, because he thought that his stepfather was trying to take his mother away from him. I mean, Oedipus complex, but okay. I was just about to say that. Mm -hmm. Like, relax, relax. Um, and at that point, he was sent to a psychiatric uh, unit, uh, but he was discharged from there, and he eventually joined the army at 17, um, where he was later di diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, so that's what I'm saying when I was saying about the, you know, towards the end of your teens, kind of early 20s. It's babe. They, yeah, it starts, I think that's a lot of the time when they, they, uh, people get these diagnoses. What age again? Um... What age was that, he? That 17. 17, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was going through all of this stuff within the army and he, like he was, uh, like I said, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So then he was honorably discharged when he was 21 years old. He eventually went on to be married three times and divorced three times. Uh, and, he, and he subsequently decided that he wanted to come up with a, a, a film. And this film was called Deadly Run, which was to be released in 1995. And so this film, that Deadly Run, which went straight to, to video, it wasn't like in the cinema or anything, mm -hmm. was about a rich family man who doubles as a serial killer who holds women captive in the woods for sport in a cabin and then he lets them run free and then he runs after them and he kills them. Um, and this film was produced by his lawyer, Samuel Rayle, who had represented him for many past misdemeanors. And he like, like speaks of this situation where he, he realizes that, you know, this, this film probably was, you know, part of his little fantasy or whatever. Mm. Um, and so he speaks about his kind of experience, uh, with Gary Hilton and making this film. Um, so coincidentally, once the search starts for Gary, he rings John Tapper and he's on the phone. And he's super calm and he starts demanding money and to leave it at his business in a place called Del Cab, sorry, Del DeKalb, DeKalb County. Um, and he, let it, he also let him know that he was ready to come back to work soon. Just leave the money there and I'll come and get it. So, of course, John, the MVP that he is, he notifies the police mm -hmm. and the police go to the location and they start to stalk out um, the location and waiting for Gary to appear. But of course... He doesn't show. So it's now um, January 4th, 2008. So she went missing uh, 1st of January. So we're now like three to four days in. Right. So a truck gets stuck in a stream where Gary had camped out um, around the Appalachian Trail. And um, this man approaches Gary for help. So as the man is approaching him, Gary seems antsy. He's deterred from wanting this partner, to, this passerby to uh, come to him for help. And he definitely doesn't want him to look inside his truck. So eventually he declines helping this man who's been stuck in a stream. Um, and so the guy's like, okay, cool. You don't want to help me, no problem. I'm just going to call the police then. Mm -hmm. And so this obviously scares Gary and he takes off. But once, once he's disappeared and, and left this, this guy with his uh, truck uh, stuck in the stream, another witness later calls the police from a Chevron petrol station some hours later that day and says that he's spotted the suspect there and he's absolutely certain that it's Gary Hilton from the TV. And there's footage of this of this um, kind of interaction with this guy speaking to the police and he's like, that is him, I know it's him, he's acting shifty. Wow. Um, he's emptying stuff from his van, such as bags, he's throwing it away in the bin uh, behind the petrol station, he's going behind the car wash, he's acting really, really guilty. And the guy said he's guilty of sin, he can tell. Mm. 
And he says, you need to get here quickly because this guy's going to take off. He was like, he, the, the, bless the guy. He was even like, I'm willing. He was like, I'm willing to take him down. And the police are like, no, 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 like, stay there. Like, someone's on their way. He was like, okay, cool. Right in there. Come on, man. Don't be doing the citizen's arrest, man. Don't Do you know what I mean? Martyr. We ain't got time for that. Do you know what I mean? Vigilante. Mm. That's the word. Um, so, the, did you say, did you want, did you say, can I have one, please? Yeah. You know that you're crisps. Oh, I'll just be, I've just been eating them like an eating person. I bought them for you. Oh, did you? <laughs> yes. I oh, told you're you so that. sweet. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's I'm just licking. I don't. Look, I don't lick them and put them back in the packet though. You're such a child. This is what children do. I didn't. You I didn't know. What's yeah? And then like you know when they're at the party, the family party, and they're like, Ah, oh, can I tell you a secret, Auntie Monet? And they're breathing down your neck with the what's its breath after licking each and every one of them and putting it back in the crisp packet. But who puts it back in a crisp packet? That's dirty. Kids. Anyway, did you? Right. I used to suck what's its. They used to just, like melt in my mouth. Oh, actually, no, I'm not glad. I still do this to this, to this day. I was <laughs> not a fan of what's its until like later in life. Yeah, what's this around Elite Crisp? Um, so the police arrived swiftly um, and it was just before uh, Gary was starting to try to bleach his van. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily they caught him just in time and they did find Meredith Emerson's blood within it. Oh, no. And they arrested Gary at that moment at the scene. So he gets arrested. He goes into an extensive interrogation. And when you hear this guy talking, he drones on. He's almost proud of what he's done. Really? And he's, and he's talking and he's just like, yeah, and this happened and that happened. And you know, guys, this is how it, this is how it went down. And da, 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 da. So the story unfolds in this way. So he goes hiking and Gary happens upon Meredith and he's got a dog. She's got a dog. They strike up a conversation as you know, they both love dogs. They've got their dogs together. They're hiking. Let's have a conversation. And he catches her off guard and he starts attacking her with a knife. Um, And this is where the two prior people that we, that we saw um, that had seen the items on the floor. This is what is where this is what they come upon. Mm -hmm. Um, so she puts up a fight and he says this. He's like, you guys said that this, you know, I think she said that she was like 120 pounds. I think you said that this 120 pound woman, she probably, you know, really, really put up a fight. And she put up a fight. Like she took me down a couple of times. Um, fight again. Yeah. I told you. Um, but so she, yeah, she, I think she does eventually get the knife off of him. But then he yeah. brings out a police baton and he then forces her to the ground. Um, he then puts a dog leash around her neck and then he forces her to take her um, towards his van. So here, Meredith was kidnapped and taken into the van um, for three days. Um, he drove through many different towns as he attempted to steal money from her bank account, but she sorry persistently gave her the wrong um, gave him the wrong pin number, which resulted in him not being able to withdraw any cash. Mm. So eventually, that's he, a bad B man. Trust me, <clears throat> she was like, "Ah, oh, you done this to me, but you ain't got to my money." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and good. Why should he have every fucking control? Like that's that's hers to keep. Yeah. Me personally, I don't know what I would do. Again, it's it's hard to put yourself in these situations yeah. until you're in it. But sometimes I'm just like, just give him anything he wants. Just give him anything he wants. But I'll come back to that and as to why that's not always the best option. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't guarantee you're gonna like, say, that, stay that's alive. What I was just about to say, you know, like a lot of women are like, oh, let me flip my way in, like, out of this, or let me be nice and, yeah, and understanding and into why he's doing this and. You have no conscience, you know. so conscience. So why is it gonna affect you if I give you something or not? Like I'm sure he just still wants the same result. Just so sad. But carry on, my darling. So eventually, he takes her back to the woods, either out of frustration that he had no money or couldn't get any money out of her, or likely because he was just you know a sadistic fuck. Um, and he ends up hitting her in the head with a blunt object until she dies, and he then beheads her sadly. So during his interrogation, he describes how it was a great place to hunt in this um, 
in these blood mountains and he, um, a lot of people like to lurk when they're hunting but he enjoys the kind of you know actual stalking of somebody and hunting somebody absolutely sicko that's why i don't like camping like i just don't like that feeling that someone could be watching you. exactly mm. I, I don't like that anyway it's like sometimes you know when you have your window oh your blinds all the way up or your curtains all the way up and you can be dancing something or doing whatever blah blah yeah. and maybe no one is watching you uh-huh. maybe but like you just get that feeling that oh my god that person's seen a nipple or that <laughs> yeah, person I'm you know what I mean? neighbor. <laughs> that person seen me like dance around and I look like a fool or that person seen me arguing with someone like it's mm-hmm. just it's it's invasive it is very invasive yeah um so yeah he indicates uh that uh Meredith nearly quote unquote whooped his ass indicating that she put up a really really good fight she grabbed the knife like I said and the baton from him but eventually um even though she was super hard to subdue um he ended up putting up a sadly even even bigger fight than she did um and then he he took her down and she actually he actually tied her to a tree um before asking for the cards um and try to kind of calm her down before then taking her back to the van. And he blames John Tapper, his previous employer, for Meredith's death because he states that when he tried to call him, she was actually still alive at that point. Um, but he says that he claims to be a smart ass and tried to set him up. Um, and so because of that, he had to kill her. If he had, if he just given him the money, he wouldn't have killed her um, because he claims that they'd laughed together about no one reporting her missing and that they looked in the papers and no one had, um, you know said anything about her um, missing status and that she would get really upset when she went back to um, her apartment and her boyfriend wouldn't realise that she was gone and she'd be really upset about that and apparently they laughed about that and obviously that's only his words mm-hmm. I mean if she did laugh about that you'd think maybe it's because she was scared she's trying to go along with what exactly what he's, say, what he's saying I don't think it was any sort of laughing matter with anybody that's in their right mind um, but you know right. we kind of go off of his crazy ramblings and if you watch this footage of his interrogation he goes off in all sorts of tangents and you can just tell he's just he's not all there um so he just felt like at that point he'd already had kidnapping charges and then when he saw that he'd been turned in by john tapper because he saw himself on the front of a newspaper he thought as he might as well thought sorry he thought that he might as well murder her since the sentence would have been the same for the kidnapping that he'd he'd done um so and he said that if he'd probably just seen that um that newspaper later in the day he probably would have let her go but i think he saw it earlier on in the day and he just went and did what he needed to do and he said that the process of hitting her in the way that he did was so dreadful but quote unquote all you can carry on to do is carry on with your duty once you start so finally on january 30th 2008 gary hilton pled guilty to meredith's murder Mm -hmm. and was to be eligible for parole in 2038 however Okay. Hilton was suspected in multiple other murders. Oh. Mhm. You know reverse. Mhm. <laughs> I, I was really enjoying it over Christmas. I still don't know how to play. I've never played it before. I thought still we was playing know. it with you. Oh, did you not? Did you not do it with us? No, in we the didn't end? end up doing it in the end. Damn, we've got a decent, you know. Yeah, we do. Um. So yeah, he was suspected in multiple other murders and um, he was interviewed about a range of them during his interrogation, but he denied involvement. And I'm going to get into some of the other ones that he was uh, allegedly accused of. of. So we have Jason Knapp, a 20-year-old student at Clemson University in 1998. He disappeared at at Table Rock State Park, but uh, police took his word for this uh, when when Hilton said that he was not confirmed 
um, as a suspect and they had no involvement. So he was got away with that and no one knows who killed Jason Knapp um, in 1998. We then fast forward to seven years later uh, where Miami resident 24-year-old Rosanna Miliani also went missing in Bryson City, South Carolina in December 2005. Uh, she was seen uh, alongside a man in his 60s while they were buying backpacks from a general store. They told the shopkeeper that they were going to be camping along the same trail that Meredith was last seen on. And the shopkeeper, shopkeeper recalls that he thought Rosanna looked nervous at the time. So uh, when, upon those kind of like two, three years later, when he saw the news about Meredith, the cashier, uh, cashier thinks back to his um, kind of encounter, encounter with, yeah. with them both. And he thinks that the man that he saw Rosanna with um, three years prior within the shop was Gary Hilton. Right. Two years after Rosanna's disappearance in October of 2007, a retired couple from Horseshoe, North Carolina went missing. John, aged 80, and Irene, 84, were avid hikers and started their, their hike through Pisgah National Forest where their, their car had been left. Mm-hmm. Uh, the loved ones failed to hear from them for two weeks and reported them missing to the Henderson County Sheriff's Office, who then launched a search party. A part, a search party, partner, yeah. <laughs> a party. Search party shortly after. Uh, but sadly, when looking through the records, it seems that Irene tried to call 1991. Oh my god, this is why I should not drink on this podcast. <laughs> so it seems that that Irene tried to call nine one one on the day of her disappearance, but the signal was weak and the phone call failed. Oh, um, don't say that. Oh no, mm-hmm. no, that's made me really sad. I know, I know. Which wow. reminds me, I really need to change my SIM card over because I've never got a signal. You never know when you're going to need your phone. Yeah, trust me. And that's that's just. That's just accepting fate. You oh. know when something like that happens, like you've tried, that's just kind of like, well... What do I do now? Exactly. Like, God, poor Awful, baby. awful. Um, so on November 10th, a woman's body was found on the Barnet Branch Trail. And after the coroner observed the body for three days, it was confirmed to be that of Irene Bryant. Uh, it was determined that she'd been bludgeoned to death God. and it was in the same manner to Meredith. Um, and she was 84 years old. 84? 84. 84. A bank card belonging to the Bryant couple was also used in Tennessee to withdraw $300 and an award of of $10,000 was initiated by the FBI for whoever could locate the killer suspected in the case. They they released CCTV evidence that showed a man who withdrew the money um, that fit a similar description to what would later be released to the public to find Gary Hilton, but there was no sign of John. Three months later, on February 3rd, a hunter called Mark Waldron also came across a skull in the Nantala, sorry, Nantahala National Forest. And before calling a deputy, um, they decided that they would get together and look at the pelvis and skull that was close by. Uh, unfortunately, two days after receiving um, these bones, the coroner found out that it was also John Bryant. So they're both dead and he was 80 years old. Um... It was found that so Gary sorry. met the couple. I know, awful. That he met the couple while hiking, and after killing Irene, he then kidnapped and forced John to withdraw money, before eventually taking him to the woods and shooting him in the head. Bummy bastard. Awful. So five days after the Bryants were reported missing, police caught Hilton trespassing on private land. Uh, they've got some body cam footage of this, but he somehow talked himself out of it, and the police did let him go. Mm. That's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. 
But that talking away out of it. Oh. If I speak, man, <laughs> we'll be here all night. Trust me. Um, but yeah, on December 3rd, 2007, two months after the Bryants went missing, nurse Cheryl Hodges Dunlap, uh, age 46 from Crawfordville, Florida, was reported missing when she did not turn up for her job at the Florida State University, which was highly unusual for her. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I don't turn up at work, no one be scared of me. This is what I was. That's why I asked you. Like I was like, what could like what could like you do that like you think that people are like that's really not Monet. Like what's going on? Yeah, it wouldn't be work, bro. I'll be over there. I'll be like, no, Cindy, come on, man. I'm just watching Netflix. <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious. Um, but yeah, it was very highly unusual uh, for her in all seriousness. <clears throat> So um, her car was found abandoned just outside the county line and a search party of 180 people was launched for Cheryl. Two weeks later, on December, 30, uh, sorry, December 16th, Ronnie Rents, another hunter, was walking his dog through the Apalachicola National Forest. These names are brazy. They're very um, Native, Native American. American. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was actually, I was looking into some of these national forests and of course they had Native American um, settlers there before, you know. Let's not get into that. Hmm. Yeah, like that's what I never wanted to Before be they were displaced. Exactly. Forcibly. The Americans, but yeah. The, 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 the OG Americans, the that is their land. But, you know, if we speak. They'll say we speak, um, innit? Yeah, so he was walking his dogs through the Apalachicola National Forest and stumbled upon a decomposing female body that had the head and both hands missing. After reporting uh, this to the authorities, Cheryl was identified through DNA profiling, sadly. Her ATM card was also Maybe. used five times in Tallahassee, which had been taken out, uh, which has been taken to, uh, to withdraw $700. Um, and over the following days, multiple tips were reported to the police about a green truck that had been seen around the area. A green and, truck? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that had been seen around the area and the time that Miss Dunlap had been had disappeared. And that there was a strange man with a dog who looked homeless driving it. But once again, this resulted in no leads or arrests. So five days after uh, Cheryl had gone missing, the body parts of 27-year-old Michael Lewis from South Daytona was found in black bags by a fisherman who found them dumped in the Tomoka River. Damn, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? This one, though, is a bit of a techie one because he was identified by a lab um, several days later, but unfortunately, his head was never uncovered, sadly. So... so sorry so okay they cut off the head mm. right the head you could use the teeth obviously mm. um or swab for, for dna mm. right um fingerprints yeah he had his he had i think every all the other parts of his body were found because of the torso oh, right. they found the torso the arms the legs oh so his head was but they just recovered, never they found it yeah they just him. never oh, found okay, the sorry, head I got a bit lost there. I yeah like, so okay. i don't know if it was through, through bone or if it was through, through finger t- uh, fingertips fingerprints mm. but they did identify him mm. um but he was so although gary was suspe- suspected in this crime he wasn't the only suspect and what is interesting about this is that the other suspect in this case was Lewis's ex-girlfriend, Nelsie Tetley. Okay. And he, she eventually stood trial in 2017 for the murder and dismemberment of her later boyfriend, Jeff, Jeffrey Albertsman. So at the time when Michael Lewis um, went missing mm. and he was dismembered, that was his girlfriend. Right. Um, she wasn't seen as a suspect. But then, uh, I don't know how many years this was later, sorry. Um... 
sorry, it was like in 2017, so nearly 10 years later, mm. um, she was then found guilty for the murder and dismemberment of another boyfriend, Jeffrey Albertsman. And so she killed him and then cut up his body as well. So no one knows whether it was Gary Hilton that actually did this or it could have been That's just busy. His, his, his girlfriend. That's just busy. Which is crazy because his <laughs> girlfriend in 2017 was 54. And in twenty and I want to say this was two thousand and seven. I just can't remember where I just put this. I haven't. Mm. So let's say it was two thousand and seven. Mm. Oh yeah, because it was five days later after after Cheryl went missing. So it was two thousand and seven. Mm. Um, he was only twenty seven. So he in in uh, twenty seven. Sorry, in two thousand and seventeen, if he was still alive, he would only be thirty seven, and this woman was fifty four. So he was she was quite an age older than him. So she he could have. He, was that in a big woman? Like, yeah, it was, it was. It was. It was. She was grown. So yeah. she could have done it. No one knows. Uh, but we don't know if Gary Hilton did that. So that's all the the other murders that he was suspected in. And in 2011, Hilton was charged for the murder of Cheryl Dunlop mm. and subsequently sentenced to another de- death uh, to a death sentence right. because now he's charged with the murder of Meredith Emerson and Cheryl Dunlop. Right. Um, and then he was also awarded an extra additional life sentence uh, when he pled guilty to the kidnapped and murder of the Bryant couple right. in 2012. Um, and he's tried to appeal ever since, um, but he now sits on death row. And that is the crazy story of Gary Michael Hilton, the National Forest serial killer. Thank you for telling that because I've never heard of that. Like, you know, when you were talking about Yosemite before mm-hmm. you were going to you mm-hmm. know, go into it, I kind of know about one Yosemite murderer there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, there was. And, um, Yosemite Sam? No, bitch. That's the cartoon. <laughs> like, no, that's not him. What's wrong with you? No. But, um, but yeah, that's what when you're talking about. I was like, oh, she's going to talk about, she's going to tell a hiking story, but it's going to be Yosemite. So, but things like that do really, is scary. Like, I, I feel like with parks, it's scary. I do love to explore. Like, I do love a, oh, let's do a day trip and let's do this like the third, but... I'm just really, really paranoid. And I think you know that I'm super paranoid. Like, I hear one noise, like, in, in the bushes, and I'm like, ah, fuck I'm it. You, you like that at my house. So, I don't, yeah. I can't imagine how you'd be, like, in the wild. Yeah, Monet has to come toilet with me. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have put that on this podcast. Sorry. Look at Thomas's face. The way that his, his head whipped around. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. But no, she does have no, to. I she, get yeah, she makes me. She makes me follow her to the bathroom. Yeah, I get scared. I do. What's the the, bath- do the bathroom is next to my bedroom. So what? what what's, like how? How far is she? What's gonna happen to her? I don't within know. Five feet? I don't <laughs> know. But I just get really scared. <laughs> I get really fucking scared, guys. Like you're gonna ask me what I'm scared of, and I'm just like I don't know. So I'm sorry. But yeah, thank you for telling that story. Um, <laughs> fuck Gary Hilton. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, and True. you know he clearly killed for sport. And he's so scary looking as well. Do you wanna see him? No. Yeah, I'm going to show you him anyway. I know. It's going to get you on the way from my bedroom to the toilet. I have such a vivid imagination. It probably is. I'm going to be in bed thinking, this guy's out to get... Yeah, he did that shit. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> he looked like this at the time, though. He had hair here. He did that shit. He did that shit, guys. But um, that's our stories done yeah. um, for today. Um... Ah, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Do I have New Year's resolutions? Um, 
New Year's resolutions is um, it's kind of like piggybacking off what you said like in the beginning of the podcast where you were just like you know put yourself first and achieve whatever you want to achieve I think one New Year's resolution I want to do is I want to achieve every single thing that I said I want to do I don't want to do like 6 out of 10 yeah. or I don't want to do 5 out of 10 I want to do 10 out of 10 like I want to achieve everything and then some so that's my New Year's resolution I just want to be healthier I want to like feel myself I want to do more and um yeah that's it for me what about you i think it's just time to live life to the fullest i think it's just been your life has just been on pause for the last two years i i I really really want to travel this year i need to get out of here if anybody knows me the one thing that i do love the most in the world is traveling and getting the fuck out of here i try and do it as often as i can but that's obviously been on pause for the last kind of two years so i need to get up out of here this year i need to i need to see a plane i need to see a beach yeah i am so pale the vitamin D supplements are doing nothing for me. I need to get some sun. I am a black woman. I'm not made for that. I'm not made for this UK. I don't think anyone is. That's why, you know, I was having this conversation with my mom the other day and I was like, do you want to know why like black people are always cold? It don't matter if you're born in a Western country. We're not, our bodies are not used <laughs> to the cold, bro. We're not used to it. We need to be in the sun. So like, my hair's always so dry. My hair's dry, bro. Oh my gosh. My hair is, Yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. If anybody's oh, got any good tips myself, on on man. on hair, the moisture, I've I've heard they're supposed to use like cocoa and Eve. Apparently that's good, but what and what? Cocoa and Eve. I don't know what that is. Cocoa and Eve. I think it's um, it's like a, like a hair product that apparently is like really hydrating for your hair. Okay. Um, fill me in on that. I use a um, Miel Organics. What? Miel Organics. Oh. What did you think I said? Yell. Okay. <laughs> Well, I didn't, but yeah, but yeah, like they're really good. <laughs> oh, got the sensations up. <laughs> they're really good products, um, and they're black owned, so that's what I use. But I've run out of them, and I need we to go and get them. Business. We love a black owned business. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's it from me. I've talked too much. Um, I've talked so much, but yeah. I think we haven't got a guest on this week. No, we don't. Um. So we hope to have a guest on for the next one. Mm-hmm. Send in your stories. Um, but we've decided that we're going to try a different way of att- uh, approaching our podcast going forward because mm-hmm. I think it's so easy in terms of true crime to always just go for murder. So we have a little roulette that we're going to spin with a couple um, crimes on there. And then going forward, each time um, we have our podcast, we'll spin the roulette and then that will determine what kind of cases that we we'll tackle next week let's go for it man so or next episode so you can click that i think you just press click to spin okay does it make noise i want it to be like but it's not gonna do it what's it on oh yours is go on i don't have my glasses on robbery okay robbery robbery. (laughs) let me write that down actually okay and i'm gonna spin mine Spinny, 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 spinny. You're so childish. <laughs> You're actually so childish, you know. Wait, let me... Because mine said robbery as well. I don't want to... Do, let's not do the same one, no? Should I spin it again? Or should I do the same one? It's up to you. Spinny, 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 spinny. This is so dumb. This is so dumb. <laughs> um. Mine came murder. Okay. So, so Cindy's going to do robbery next week. I'm going to do murder next week and um, we'll continue doing it like that so we get some uh, 
range on here because I think it's so easy just to be like, yeah, let's find a murder because unfortunately there's just so many of them. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to get a bit bored of the tree crime. We do, guys. We do. We do. We do. These are. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh I'm, God, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. These are. Even though you know we'll sit and we'll banter here and. Um, you know, have a great time when we tell these stories. Is mm-hmm. that these stories are very much real? These these are very much real people and affect yeah. have been affected. Real lives have been affected. Real, yeah. real people have been affected. Uh, been affected. Families have been, have been affected. So we try to just do these um, stories as best as we can. Give yeah. them grace. Give them respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can help help raise awareness, then we'll definitely do that. That's what we're here for, man. But um, thank you for joining us. Um, true crime MC. True crime. We're gonna have that as a jingle, guys. We still have a jingle. That could be a jingle. Okay, we'll get back to you on that. But thank you guys. Um, have a great week. Go out there and be great. We love you. Take care. Thank you. Happy 2022. Bye.